0: Hello everyone. This is Caitlin. And this is Jessica. And this is Calling All Spirits. How are you doing this week, Jess? I much better. <laughs> this, though I have to admit, I do miss you. Because what the listeners don't know is I lost power for 20 hours in the incredibly insane Texas heat, which I mean, what was it yesterday? Like not the heat index. The actual temp was like 109 yesterday.
1: It was bad. Yeah.
0: And so that was very stressful. Of course, it's when my husband is out of town. And um, Caitlin, you were so sweet to come and stay with me. And we also kind of got a girls week for for a couple
1: of days. We did. It was awesome. Like because I had my two remote days, my therapist was even like, so are you treating this like a workcation? I said, absolutely. (laughs) Hanging out with my bestie and like being, yeah, I, I have to go to work during the day and go through the training, but the evenings were fantastic.
0: Oh, it was so much fun. So it was like before you came, it was a nightmare, but then I got to see you, so it all it all worked out. But I am glad we haven't had any other issues. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Yes,
1: <laughs> thankfully.
0: Um, but that's good. Oh, and on topic, I finished up my year two mentorship, and I had a mediumship dim. Saturday night we had to dim which for those that are like what is that in case you don't know it's when you get up in front of a group and you do mediumship so you say who's coming to you and you have to find who in the audience like you have to find your sitter and it's just like a regular session but in front of people which is terrifying <laughs> like I did it I'm proud I did it I do not consider it my best reads but I just get so nervous in front of the crowd that I'm like, oh my gosh like the nerves take over but I'm at least proud to say I did it because not everybody does it like I I put myself out there so
1: yeah I mean I've never done it so I'm very impressed.
0: Well thank you all day I was kind of hoping it's almost like school like I was kind of hoping for a stomachache all day and be like oh. I don't feel good. I can't go, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to face my fear and go and do it. And the other girls in my class were absolutely brilliant. They did wonderful. I think I'm the only one that doesn't like to do. the only chicken, <laughs> but um, but it, so maybe not my best reads ever. I know they weren't, but I think they were still okay. And at least I faced a fear and I got up there and you put did. it all out there. So. So that's kind of what's been going on. What about you? Um, we. What has been going on
1: since I left your house? Um, <laughs> work has been crazy, but in a good way. I was working on the whiteboard at work today with all the events coming up. That board uh-huh. has been blank since like April because of the texas heat and then like all of a sudden because we're going into september october november i'm like oh yeah we have it's my park day oh yeah we have the other thing coming up (laughs) oh yeah shoot i gotta add this to the thing i literally had to erase half the board and put the other ones in because i had the dates all out of order
0: oh my gosh so you're about to get busy
1: i am i am uh, gonna lose some of my weekends coming up but it's for very good reasons that i'm excited so
0: oh very good well yeah i would think october Would be very popular, too. I'm even excited for September. I know it will still be hot here, but it's like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel in September. Like, you know it's coming. We're in August. It's like, no, we're just going to be miserable for a while. It is the
1: endless, relentless heat in August. When September comes, (laughs) you're like, okay, it's supposed to be cold. And the world knows it's supposed to be getting colder, (laughs) even though with climate change and Texas and its relationship with the sun, it's not going to happen. But we still know it's supposed to happen. And so we hope against hope.
0: Yes. You know there's hope. That's what, I, that's what I tell my husband. We at least have hope in September. <laughs> like I feel like exactly. there's no hope in August. <laughs> no, um, no. The husband's birthday is the only upside to August. <laughs> yes. On a happy note, and thinking of somewhere that actually was not brutal in August, I am so excited to talk about the Crescent Hotel tonight. Yay! Yeah, it was so much fun. I guess we can just dive right in. I'm, I'm kind of starting. <laughs> Go for it. We took a family vacation. It was me. It was kind of, now I've discovered it's kind of becoming a little bit of a tradition. It started out because we were going to a family wedding last year, but now it's a tradition. And it was me and my parents and son, my little boy, my husband, um, fortunately, had to work. But we were going to Branson, Missouri. And when I found out we were going to Branson, because if people probably don't know, my son is obsessed with Titanic. He is (laughs) six years old and obsessed with Titanic. That was the theme. And this was way before any of the recent tragedies. This was before all that started last year. Um, when he was fascinated with shipwrecks, and then in one of his little educational shows, it's like, here's the Titanic, and that was it. Um, So the whole trip was to go to the Titanic Museum in Branson, but me being me, I was like, well, we are going to be passing through Eureka Springs, and I just kind of said, there's this super cool hotel there we need to stay at. <laughs> they, I, I told them, I'm told them it, it, it has a reputation for being haunted. Um, I did not tell them it's considered one of the most haunted hotels in america though i know a lot say that but it is on the list it usually makes like the top 10 you know Mm -hmm. kind of felt to mention that until it was a little too late to back out um i also purposely did not tell them much about this hotel at all um and so we stayed there and so i'm going to tell you about the history of the hotel um the ghostly happenings there and our own experiences So, set atop the majestic Crescent Mountain in Eureka Springs stands an iconic hotel once heralded as the finest west of the Mississippi, and it's known as the Crescent. Um, Now, Caitlin, we can't just start with the hotel. So, before delving into more detail, we we have to explore a brief history of Eureka Springs, Mm -hmm. especially for listeners that may not be familiar with the area. Um, so we're going to start there. The Ozark Mountains of northwestern Arkansas are home to Eureka Springs, which is a popular tourist destination known for its spas and bathhouses that offer legendary healing waters. That's what made it famous. Now, before it became a resort town, it was inhabited by the Osage tribe, one of the earliest tribes in the area. Um, and they were there up until the early 1800s when the Treaty of Fort Clark led to the Osage tribe ceding some of their land in the Ozarks to the United States. And as we know, the story go- goes, ultimately additional treaties led more land being surrendered and eventually the Osage tribe was pushed to Kansas. And so they lost a lot of this land. But I wanted to talk about that they were there first. Um, now, soon after the Anglo settlers began to move in, but the area really remained sparsely populated until... Dr. Jackson, I don't know that he was a real doctor. He called himself (laughs) that. I mean, that's a big old question now, isn't it? It is. Um, He discovered the healing powers of the natural springs. Now, and also the article I read about the Osage tribe, they they said that some claim that the Native Americans knew about the healing powers, but history, it's kind of debatable whether... It was known to be healing at that time. So, but he said it
1: was. Have they done a chemical analysis of anything? Like if there's a lot of sulfur or some kind of mineral that people were often deficient in? Because sometimes like the healing springs are literally just, they have the minerals you're missing in your diet. And so you do feel better because you're suddenly getting the nutrition you need.
0: That would make sense. I actually didn't look into that. It may be a Google. Before, (laughs) But regardless, Dr. Jackson began marketing the spring waters as Dr. Jackson's eye water. It apparently healed an eye ailment. Um, And it was also said that during the Civil War, he reportedly set up a hospital and used the waters and natural remedies to heal wounded soldiers. Now, in 1879, after Judge Saunders was healed of a skin disease by the spring water, he moved his family to Eureka Springs. And after that, more families followed suit, and the town was officially founded in 1879. And the name Eureka Springs came from the explorer, Juan Ponce de Leon's exclamation of Eureka, which means I have found it, when he supposedly found the Fountain of Youth. And you know what's funny? I never put that together. Like, Eureka Springs, I was like, oh... That's that, how they got the name. <laughs> it's clever. I like it. It's yeah. It's weirdly clever for a historical naming. <laughs> Eureka Springs quickly became one of the premier resorts of the 1880s and 1890s, attracting thousands of tourists each year. And of course, all those guests are going to need somewhere to stay. And that is where our story begins. So former Arkansas Governor Powell Clayton had this vision for Eureka Springs and recognized the immense potential for tourism and money to flow into the city and so he founded the eureka improvement company to take advantage of the opportunity um the eic orchestrated the arrival of the frisco railroad to the area which Mm -hmm. that's going to help bring in people Mm -hmm. and they also saw the need for this grand resort hotel that would be a luxurious retreat for wealthy visitors because they're trying to get in the wealthy their friends and people they know like come here settle here bring money to the town (laughs) The company commissioned architect Isaac S. Taylor from St. Louis and specialists from Ireland to assist with the stonework. Mm. And construction began in 1884. The luxurious hotel was completed in 1886 at a cost of $294,000, which was a lot back then, Mm -hmm. and quickly became a premier destination for the elite and well-to-do with its lavish accommodations, stunning views, which the views of this hotel are incredible. I can vouch for them (laughs) top-notch amenities opulent ballroom exquisite dining experiences and they said exceptional service and the hotel boasted heated rooms electric lights hydraulic elevator a brunswick regulation bowling alley and pool tables so among other things (laughs) going on yes very very fancy in a 1901 publication held it as the greatest resort hotel west of the mississippi river and it was doing really well, but in 19- nineteen in 1902, the hotel was leased uh, to the Frisco Railroad Company. They take over. But after 16 pretty successful years, the Grand Hotel begins to struggle. Hmm. Owners of the Crescent Hotel noticed a significant detre- decrease in visitors during the winter months, which kind of, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. To make up for lost revenue, the hotel began to serve as the crescent college and conservatory for young women during the off season and it only functioned as a hotel in the summer month which is pretty brilliant so it's a college yeah from like it was fall winter and spring and then it became a hotel again
1: it's genius given that you're in the mountains and people aren't you know traveling quite so much when it's cold outside
0: exactly. so like yeah no that's genius it really is So the college was officially opened in 1907 and it operated, like we said, in the fall, winter and spring and offered exceptional educational opportunities to girls from many of the surrounding states, especially Oklahoma and Texas. Which, if you know the U.S., they're close, especially Oklahoma's, like, right there. It makes sense. For sure. Um, however, it was very expensive, and it catered to the wealthy. Naturally. So, in 1909, the cost, and this is your room and board and your courses, it was 270 a year, which I did the little inflammation, uh, inflation thing, and it, which is about $9,000 a year.
1: Because college inflation has not gone up with regular inflation. College is... Oh, yeah. No,
0: I know. And at first, when I calculate that, I'm like, that's really expensive. And then I thought about what we're paying for private school. And I was like, oh,
1: no, okay. I'm looking <laughs> at grad schools right now. And I'm like, I need to find grant money or scholarship money because I can't afford 30 or 40 K a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I
1: know. N- n- I know. No. I'd I'd love it to be only nine thousand. Like <laughs> I could find the funding for that, but like no.
0: Yeah. And later it was raised to three hundred and seventy five, which is about eleven thousand. But still it wasn't it still was still catering to the wealthy. Like that that's yeah. mainly who was but and when we think about it back then, if you're a middle class or working class family, you're not sending your kids to boarding school. No. Like only because usually they're having to help out at home and help out maybe the farm or whatever. Only the wealthier able to send their kids away because they're not needed to help out. Um, Many of the girls came from families that had earned their fortunes in oil, which also makes sense why they're coming from Texas. And And Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That tracks. It does. College had a comprehensive curriculum, including a literary department, conservatories and music, art, expression, domestic science, and more. And it generally had between 80 and a hundred girls boarding at one time. So, I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah. All students wore uniforms that were a white Peter Thompson dress, and I looked this up. It's almost like the little sailor dresses. I mean, they're long, (laughs) but that kind of like sailor (laughs) collar. So that was the uniform, except for in the winter when they wore a dark blue coat and a suit with a blouse to match, which I knew you would appreciate Mm -hmm. because you've dressed up for um, reenactments and things before. Yep, that's my time period. Exactly. Each student was required to bring their own uh, quilt napkin ring, Bible, walking shoes, umbrella, raincoat, laundry bags, hot water bottle, and many other items. But the napkin ring, I was like, huh. That was about what I
1: was going to ask about. Like, (laughs) is that because they had a habit of walking off and they wanted you invested in the one that you brought or what?
0: I don't know. I um, That was just in the book I read, which I'm so sorry I didn't mention this earlier. This information, most of it, not all of it, is coming from the book The Crescent Hotel with Ghost Stories, By Susan Schaefer. And she used to work at the Crescent and did a lot of research. So that's where it came from. Cool. And I love this information. Yeah, very cool. The rules were also very strict. And the girls were closely monitored at all times. They were not allowed to even make purchases in Eureka Springs without permission. And correspondence with anyone in the city was forbidden, especially boys, which is not shocking.
1: that's not surprising at all but can't even go shopping without permission
0: i know i know now this was one of the favorite stories and they actually told this um on our tour it's not a ghost story but it's a funny one so when the girls were living there i mean they're they're teenage girls they're gonna mm-hmm. flirt with boys <laughs> and so and they wanted to smuggle them into the school at night um so, yes okay so what they would do is from one of the top balconies. They would lower down this big basket, and the boys they what they do is they would whistle from the bushes. So they'd be hiding, and they just whistle. The girls would lower down this basket. The boys would climb in, and then they'd haul them up, and that's how they sneak them into the school.
1: <laughs> they dumbwaitered their guests. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, okay. So the the well the supervisor at the time, the president mm-hmm. of the college, found out what was going on. So it's so the story is he went into the bushes. He whistled. They couldn't see him. They lowered down the basket. He climbed in, and as they were pulling it up, they saw him and panic and dropped. <laughs> 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 it, it, and they were like, "It did not kill him."
1: But he did suffer some bumps and bruises. So. Ooh, I hope they noticed it was
0: him very close to the ground. I know. They didn't say how close. It had to be semi-close if he survived. Because that's if they're at the top, that's a very long fall. At so. the same
1: time, like, I mean, if there's if there's no moon and it's dark out, yes. like, all the way to the
0: roof before you realize it's the supervisor. Oh, my God. it's I love that Ooh, story. That'd be bad. I just love it. it was on the ghost tour. They told us they're like, he did not die. He is not a ghost. Like,
1: he's okay. He is not one of the ghosts. They do yes. not reenact this on a time loop every
0: night at two. <laughs> that would be great, though. That would be, I mean, I don't, I'm hilarious. glad he did not pass, but it would be hilarious if he did. No, like, I was thinking was the on par with loop.
1: the British ghosts, how she like falls out the window every <laughs> yes, night at midnight. Yes.
0: <laughs> that would be pretty brilliant. That'd be hilarious. Um, but, but he survived. Now, the school operated from roughly 1907 till 1934. It kind of closed occasionally over the years. But in 1934, it closed its doors for good. And now we're going to get into the, I feel like the more legendary story of the Crescent, um, which is the Baker Hospital. And this is the story I feel like everybody knows. But it's interesting. It was only three years of this hotel's life. But hmm. we'll see why it's so, why it why it still is talked about I mean so if that- you're gonna talk about creepy
1: places an old hospital is going to outrank an old hotel when it comes to the creepy factors so I'm not surprised but also like wow
0: yes and this was the part I failed to mention to my parents um I think till we were already like headed there that <laughs> oh by the or at least until we had already made reservations like by the way this was a hospital <laughs> Fyi, it's fine. you're a terrible We're daughter. Fine. That's hilarious. I know. My mom doesn't mind it as much. My dad is like, "What?" But we'll talk about what happened to him. But yes. So in 1937, Norman Baker acquired the Crescent Hotel and transformed it into the infamous Cancer Cure All Baker Hospital. Now, a little bit about him. Norman Baker was born in Muscatine, Iowa, in 1882, and is known for being an entrepreneur an inventor, radio personality, and a con man. He is not a nice man. So after he dropped out of high school, Norman began his career as a vaudeville performer. He was a magician, he was a hypnotist. This should be a red flag right here. I mean, he started out on the stage. He formed his own traveling troupe that included a mind reader, and they toured around the United States entertaining crowds for about 10 years yeah exactly hey in 1914 baker returned home to muscatine and gained fame and fortune with the invention of his patented air caliophone which was a portable organ run by air pressure that could be heard from a quarter of a mile away this thing was very loud and if you're sitting there saying what is this you have heard it before it it was used it became very popular to be used for carnivals for circuses, outdoor entertainment. So if you think of that old-fashioned, creepy carnival circus music, that's from the Kaliaphone. That's what produced it. Later, he expanded his business to include a mail-order service, selling everything from overalls to coffee, and even promoted an art correspondence school, though he literally admitted he didn't know anything about painting. Like, Dude! You know. Oh, it's just This is like tame This is nothing so I know,
1: far. but still
0: <laughs> I know um, In 1925 Baker convinced the Chamber of Commerce To sponsor his radio station KTNT Which focused on rural and small town issues And it became super popular across the United States And um, it's interesting that KTNT stood for Know the Naked Truth so, The irony good. Yeah Hurts Exactly Yep. The daily lineup included live music, agricultural reports, and of course, Baker's own colorful broadcast of whatever he wanted to talk about. Um, And Baker even supported Herbert Hoover in the 1928 presidential race and had a meeting with him after his election. So, I mean, we think of him as like a crazy person now, but he wasn't considered that at the time. He was really popular. He even... Um, had thought about running for governor of Iowa. So, I mean, people are looking to him as someone to listen to and to follow. They have no idea I mean, he was, when
1: when they're mid-con, everyone loves them. That's why it's working.
0: Exactly. Exactly. In 1929, Norman Baker claimed to have found a cure for cancer and denounced the American Medical Association. Like, he's calling them out. He has found the cure. Despite lacking any medical training... You didn't miss that in his bio. He had none. Mm -hmm. He established the Baker Institute in Muscatine, a 100-bed hospital, primarily staffed by chiropractors and osteopaths and just random other people that did not have medical
1: degrees. I mean, I love my chiropractor. They keep my headaches at bay, but that's not the same thing as a cure for cancer.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we're not knocking them, but... They're, they're not curing cancer. They don't Dude. have this cure-all. And he made these grand promises of curing cancer and provided his own medical advice and medication, which we're, we're going to talk about. Additionally, he spoke out against practices like using aluminum pots and pans, fluoridating water, and vaccinations, among other things. So it's kind of...
1: Oh my God, um, I know these people.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's he's speaking out on a lot of different medical topics course, the American Medical Association pressured the Federal Radio Commission to shut down Baker's radio program, Mm -hmm. which they did do in 1931, um, which led to a decline in business for him. And it ruined the hospital's reputation. Baker sued the American Medical Association, but was unsuccessful in court. He did not win. So he took off to Mexico after that in 1932 to start fresh and start over. He resumed his radio program and once again, began promoting his alleged cure for cancer. He wasn't giving up on it. Now in July of 1937, Norman Baker purchased the Crescent Hotel for his new cancer cure-all hospital. And the local Chamber of Commerce, Bank of Eureka Springs, and even the newspaper there, all were actually (laughs) excited about this and hoped that this acquisition would revitalize the town. Because he's well-known and he's coming to town. Um, He immediately began extensive renovations to convert the Grand Hotel into its cancer cure clinic, which involved painting almost everything lavender or purple. What? Yeah, he had a peculiar obsession with this color. He drove a lavender car. He wore white linen suits with lavender silk shirts and ties. He even wrote on lavender stationery. The drinking glasses at the hospital also had Baker Hospital painted on them in lavender. It's kind of bizarre. Wow. Um, Yes. He even converted the governor's suite into his personal office. And, of course, he painted that lavender, too. They even said, like, the blinds were painted lavender like it was everywhere and so far i've read about him but i have i'm not saying it's not out there i have not found why he was obsessed with it It if you know or if you've read it or found it somewhere i would love to know i don't even think they told us that on the tour they just said he was obsessed with it
1: i mean sometimes you just like a color but like that's
0: true and that may have been it baker so the governor's suite he um converted into his personal office it was really bizarre It contained two machine guns mounted on the wall and it was surrounded by bulletproof glass. And honestly, this was really just for a dramatic effect because he claimed the American medical association was coming after him since he had found the cure for cancer. Like they were going to be coming to get him. They're not coming to get him, especially because he didn't find a cure, but it was like, I've got my machine guns. I'm behind bulletproof glass. Like I'm ready for them. It's, He's he's crazy. He's crazy. I mean I know those people too. Yeah. And even his desk was super unique. It was made out of black walnut and it had eight angles, six separate pieces. So it's almost like in a circle. And it was situated in the center of the room, um, on a and there was a swivel chair, and there's this like this small cubbyhole like entrance to get into it. It's just bizarre, but it was so cool. Today three pieces of the desk are still at the Crescent Hotel and they're in the lobby. Ooh. They don't. They said the others disappeared in the 80s. I don't know what happened, but it's cool. You can still see yeah. a part of his desk. And to top off his new hospital, he placed one of his famous air calliophones on the roof to play for his patients. So you're in this creepy hospital, and we're about to tell about what's happening inside. And to soothe you, he's playing creepy carnival circus music from the roof.
1: I can just imagine walking in the woods nearby hearing yeah. circus music.
0: Yeah, think it's like the ultimate horror movie. Like it, it's no, a horror movie.
1: So much no.
0: No, it's terrifying. Um patients from all over the country traveled to the hospital seeking a miracle. Yeah. And sadly though he his, his, his despite his claims that there was no evidence of cancer being cured, I mean people are still coming because they're desperate so, cuz they desperate. didn't
1: have I mean, we still don't have great treatments for some cancers. Like,
0: That's
1: the whole premise of Deadpool.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, Now, however, it was soon discovered that Baker's so-called miracle was truly a nightmare. So this cure he's been talking about for years and going on and on about, it's actually a blend of various ingredients, including ground watermelon seeds, brown corn silk, red clover, glycerin water, peppermint, and carbolic acid. That's his cure-all. Uh, it, it's awful. Is and it to be ca- taken internally? No. They injected it into the patients. Usually You don't inject cancer- carbolic acid into your veins. Exactly. And he'd usually inject it wherever the cancer was. That's it, yeah. what he... Which, of course, would result in unimaginable pain, severe illness, and, I mean, almost certain death. I mean, you're not. It's it's bad. Is, your, now- is his cure for cancer death? Because technically that counts well, this is how he got around it. He knew, I mean, he knows what he's doing. I, yeah. I, fa- they found no proof that he thought he was curing it. Like, yeah. he's just evil. Uh, but he knew he couldn't have patients dying at his cure-all hospital. That's not going to look good. So yeah. h- what he would do is while his patients could still kind of function or walk, he would send them away telling them they were on the road to recovery or they're even cured only for them to pass away at home but it's I not in hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Wonder why this place is haunted. And at, to make it worse, those that were too ill to leave, they were relocated to an annex of the hotel and kind of hidden away so they wouldn't be in contact with the other patients. And when they died, they were discreetly transported to a temporary morgue below the hotel. And it was done at night, so nobody would see it.
1: And that's going to play
0: into the ghost story. So, if you're wondering about the ghost stories, remember that. Yeah. Remember that. Now, he does get caught. There's part of the good news. He gets caught. Yay. Uh, because in, yeah. Because in Eureka Springs, rumors are beginning to circulate about what's happening at this hotel. Yeah. This is not a
1: subtle con. You cannot get away with it forever when everyone dies.
0: Yes. Yes. And even locals started like warning new patients, don't go, like do not go up there to seek help.
1: You hear the music, go the other way. <laughs>
0: exactly. And and they were trying they wanted to figure out a way to shut down the clinic, but it's like, how do you catch him? So it's so this is what they did. So Norman Baker was sending out his own literature and it was called Where Sick Folks Get Well. And it was going around the United States touting his amazing cure for cancer in his hospital in the Ozarks. Blech. Well at night yeah. I know. Well, in 1940, Baker was brought to court on charges of mail fraud with evidence provided by (laughs) Congressman Fuller and Eureka Springs Postmaster, his brother Harvey Fuller, (laughs) and the assistant U.S. attorney even quoted Baker as saying he could reap $1 million out of the suckers in the state. So that's who we're dealing with. Um, Baker was found guilty of using mail to do fraud. Very good. And sent to prison at the federal penitentiary in Leavenworth. From 1941 to 1944 and fined four thousand dollars. But still, that's all he gets is that I guess because they just got him on mail fraud. It's not like they're getting. Yeah, him they on didn't get him murder.
1: on murder or uh, manslaughter or yeah, anything.
0: That's it. Um. So after serving time in prison, I'd love to tell you that he go- falls into poverty, but um, he doesn't. He actually gets out. He attempts to reopen his first clinic, <laughs> his first cancer hospital, but he is unsuccessful. Good. I mean, this man won't give up. So then he relocates to Florida and spent the remainder of his life aboard his three-story yacht that was once owned by Jay Gould. Yeah, he still had a bunch of money.
1: There's not enough wine in this box.
0: No, but in 1958, he did fall seriously ill. He was advised to see a doctor, but he actually claimed he didn't believe in them. And ironically, Norman Baker would die of cirrhosis and liver cancer.
1: Oh, good. It was cancer.
0: Yep did him in in the end dang after the hospital i mean it's just crazy and and we spent a lot of time on that because i mean it makes sense this is what's gonna mm-hmm. play into a lot of the stories
1: there's a lot of pain agony and energy left in that building specifically due to his three years there
0: exactly i always thought he was there for like years i was shocked it was three and that was it but i mean he did enough damage in those three more than enough for a lifetime Um, Now, after this horrible hospital of horrors closes, it's the hotel set vacant for six years, which I can't imagine that energy like this place is just sitting.
1: Yeah, the liminal space alone would be unsettling. You add its history and the angstiness of teenagers and.
0: Yeah. what's just happened and then it's all gone. Yeah. But in 1946, four Chicago businessmen. Um, including a man named Dwight Nichols, purchased the hotel and initiated a period of extensive renovations and changes. They set out to restore the Crescent to its former glory, beginning with the removal of all the lavender paint. (laughs)
1: Started getting rid of all that.
0: Which I love.
1: That is fantastic. Step one, remove all evidence he was here.
0: Yes. Though I have been told, and I can kind of see it in my pictures, I didn't notice it when I was there that there's still some left on the chimneys. And when I went back and looked at my pictures, I'm like, oh, you can see it still looks oh, kind of lavender. So I think there's a up. little he bit left. Hold up. He painted the chimneys purple? Everything. Like, everything. I, I don't know if, like, the whole outside, but it was, like, it sounds like anything he could paint, he <laughs> painted lavender. I mean, this <laughs> man was a psychopath. Like, he's That's he's so bizarre.
1: He's so like, bizarre. Like, I like black and purple, but my house is not decorated in all black and purple. Mm-mm. Of course, no, I also scared. don't have his funding. If I had that kind of money, my house would look very different anyway. Yeah. Anyway, back I mean, on point. I'm <laughs> they are removing all the purple. Yeah. And I just can't believe that even yeah. the chimneys. Like, did he I paint mean, the
0: shingles too? Like, come on. I don't know, but probably. I don't know, but I would guess. I mean, he's painting everything. He's going crazy. Now the new owners collaborated with the Frisco Railroad to offer all inclusive vacation packages. And the hotel started thriving again. But also, so it's doing really well, but I have to mention, sadly, also during this time in 1967, there was a fire that did quite a bit of damage to the top Aww. penthouse level. So that's kind of sad, but spoiler alert, they're going to build it back, so don't worry. And it actually spurred them, which makes sense to be like, oh, maybe we should start some ne- some safety renovations and repairs. Like maybe so the, the electrical or
1: something? Just yes.
0: That. <laughs> so bad thing led to better things, and And as the story goes, it continues to change hands over the years. They continue to do renovations. They continue to update and modernize. It actually escaped demolition in 1972. It was called the Crescent Heights Development Incorporated purchased the property. And the original plan was to demolish the hotel. And the limestone had already been promised to a a stone company in Kansas. But one of the wives convinced her husband, like, can we just restore this? Let's not tear it down. Right. And, and it survived. So yay for that wife. Heck yeah. And they continued to restore the property and expand the facilities. And it was also in the 1970s when the first ghost stories start emerging, Ooh. which we'll talk about. Now, I had to include this theme from Texas. During the 1980s, Willie Nelson actually ah. held a concert in the ballroom at the Crescent Hotel, yay. which is so cool. It was considered more of a party for all his friends. And it was said that he didn't charge any admission, but rumors circulated that some individuals paid $100 to sneak in through the windows to watch it. What? <laughs> yes. And then he returned in 1985 for another concert at the Crescent, which again, free admission, but he, I love, you'll love this. He encouraged donations or gifts that were locally crafted or homegrown. Oh, cool. Which is so cool. Cool. And then by his third concert, they had outgrown the Crescent Ballroom. So it it had to be. But still, still so cool. Willie was there and there were pictures in the hotel of that. And it was also during this time that then Governor Bill Clinton delivered a keynote speech at the annual chambers banquet at the Crescent Hotel. (laughs) So I had to throw that in too. It is. Now, before we get to the ghost, the current owners are Marty and Elise Rennick. And they purchased the property in 1997. And sadly, Marty has passed, but it is Mm -hmm. still in the Rennick family. And they took ownership. It's interesting. They were initially drawn not to the hotel, but to Eureka Springs because of their extensive background in antiquing. And they focused on um, large music boxes and musical clocks and merry-go-rounds, organs, uh-huh. and uh, hmm? yeah, And that's what initially drew them there. <laughs> that tracks.
1: You have a giant caliphone on the roof. That's going to get the attention of somebody who likes music <laughs> like that.
0: Yes. They fell in love. And they, that motivated to save the historic structure from. Because it had really fallen into disrepair. They restored it. Um, that They were the ones that restored the top floor that had burned. They put it all back. And they made the top room, the penthouse, their personal living quarters and Elise still lives there today we didn't know that but they're like the owner still lives in the penthouse there today which is really cool Very like, cool yeah I don't, she lives in the hotel heck yeah that's awesome it is very cool and they were the ones that actually added like the new moon spawn and salon and they updated the rooms and so they're still running it today and they fully embraced the spirits that came with the hotel yes they yes they were all on board before we get to the ghost during the years the mo- hotel may have moved on from the terrors of norman baker but he had one more surprise waiting on the premises oh yeah how
1: uh, he's dead he the cancer it got him he's finished <laughs> oh, yeah. did they sail the yacht up the river and into the hotel building like what's going on in 2000
0: 2000- <laughs> i just picture it coming i wish i want that yacht um No, in 2019, the Crescent made headlines again when hundreds of jars from the Baker Hospital containing Baker's secret formula, unidentified liquids, and medical specimens were accidentally discovered. They were digging on the grounds and they uncovered like one or two bottles and then they brought in an archaeology team and discovered hundreds that had been buried.
1: He just buried random bottles filled with liquid in the backyard.
0: Well, and that's what they didn't. They don't know if he did it to like hide the evidence or the other theory is the owners that came in after him just like mm. tossed it all out. So but anyway. under the rug or under the yeah, dirt. Kind of get rid of it. That makes more sense. I was like, why would you bury the
1: formula in, <laughs> like the medical specimens you're trying to hide that that wasn't a tumor? Okay. I, I, It's yes. screwed up, but I understand it. It was the rest of them that, okay, that makes sense. They're trying to hide the past because they don't want to be associated with a psychopath.
0: Exactly. And many of these bottles' content, contents remain unidentified. They are on display now. We'll talk about it on the ghost store. You can see them, and they're currently undergoing testing to determine. Okay, good. I was be like, why don't they know what's in it yet? Because it was 2019, oh. and it takes a minute. Caitlin, calm down. Okay. <laughs> yes, they're currently <laughs> testing them. They do know that some of the specimens that were taken from people... That they that they believe he probably promoted as cancer, that he had cured and removed, um, were bed sores. So they feel, they feel like that's what some of the stuff is. I mean, yeah. But you can see it if you go on the tour. They'll pass it around.
1: Oh, goody. <laughs> I know. Nothing like being confronted with evidence of fraud to make your day bright and chipper.
0: <laughs> I know. I feel like if you're going on this ghost tour, um, you already kind of know what you're getting yourself into. No, for sure. Unless you're my dad and you don't know what... Your daughter's taking you, too. Yeah, he puts up a lot from you. I love your dad. <laughs> he does. He, he, he does. My mom's very, she's a good sport, too. Before and, and I mean, really, over the past 25 years, the Crescent Hotel has earned the title of America's most haunted hotel. It's been featured on 17 national and international paranormal television shows, including Ghost Hunters, which is where I first saw it. And of course today visitors come all over to stay at this beautiful hotel but also to experience a ghostly encounter which we're about to delve into are the ghost stories. Yay. And I have to give a shout out. Me and my mom did the um late night tour it started at 10 p.m. and we had an amazing tour guide. I don't know his real name cuz he went by an alias but he was Philmore Graves. Was it? <laughs> Which is brilliant. That is genius. I love it. So if you're listening, I wish I knew your real name to like give you a shout out, but he was amazing. He he was so good. He was so knowledgeable. If you're planning on going to the hotel, request him as your tour guide, apparently. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they will know who it is. And he was originally from Texas, which was kinda cool. Kind of a cool connection, Mm. but he was super knowledgeable. It gave an excellent ghost tour. And so a lot of these stories are the famous stories, but things he told us as well. Now, I told you the first ghost story started in the 1970s. And they started with the owner, Bob Fagan, who was one of the owners. And they actually came out. He was doing an interview for the Christian Science Monitor. And that interview was later sold to the National Enquirer. What? Yeah, he was not happy about it. Um, <laughs> And the article was called Ghost Haunt Hotel Guests. And in the interview, he talked about the apparitions. And he gave his two personal stories. He said it was both during off-season when the hotel was closed. Um, But the first one was he was in the lobby. And on the staircase, he saw a man dressed in black and wearing a white shirt. And he actually thought he was a real human, but quickly noticed that he was very pale, with a mustache and frock coat in the style of the late 1800s. And as he stared at the man, the man slowly began to disappear in front of him. That was his first experience. Now, the next one, he said, oh, you're going to love this. He was in bed and woke up at 2 (laughs) a.m. Why is it always 2 a.m.? It's always like 2 or 3 a.m. He woke up to find a man standing at the front, uh, excuse me, standing at the foot of his bed, looking Mm -mm. down on him, I know. Mm -mm. And and, um, he said he was like glistening in the dark. He was an older man with a beard and mustache and his body, this is in quotes, his body looked like a collection of silvery threads dangling in thin air and then he just disappeared into the wall. I don't like that. No, but it sounds like it'd make a really pretty coat. (laughs) sounds
1: pretty and i'm like no no the fact that he's staring down at you from the foot of the bed hard pass do not bother me in my sleep i will be angry with you forever especially (laughs) if you're staring at me ominously but like the the dangling silvery threads it sounds like it'd make a cute top or a cute coat (laughs) until it floats away i mean it's the it's the the setting could use some work
0: (laughs) yes absolutely
1: out of context mated fabric i'm down for it at two o'clock in the morning (laughs) On a random dude staring at me in my sleep? No. 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 no, um, Not at all. Start keeping piles of selenite next to the bed and <laughs> use them as projectiles. Go away. Go away. Go away. <laughs> exactly.
0: Now, during that time, he also had an architect that felt somebody trying to push him out of his own bed. So, getting shoved out of bed at night. Rude. And during the 70s, yeah, a staff member saw a Swedish carpenter. I don't know how they know it's Swedish, but a Swedish carpenter who died during construction And the laundress said that there were times he actually had to, she had to tell this apparition to quit bothering her. Now, the theory is that Swedish carpenter may actually be Michael, who's one of the most legendary ghosts of the Crescent Hotel. Now, Michael was, well, according to legend, I can't prove this, but according to the legend, Michael was actually, he wasn't Swedish. He was a stonemason from Ireland who came to help with the hotel's construction in the 1880s. And the story goes he was working on one of the top floors when he spotted a pretty lady down below and he began to kind of show off and flirt with her. And unfortunately, he slipped and fell to his death. The spot where he landed is now room 218 and it's often referred to as Michael's room and it's known as one of the most (laughs) active in the hotel um he's considered to be mischievous he likes to turn lights on and off tvs on and off water and so forth and he likes to move things around and um, they say sometimes cold air will come in from under the door to chill the hallway near i guess it's like a cool breeze coming out again during this heat wave can he come to texas <laughs> girl when i tell you about the little boy don't you're gonna be careful with that <laughs> Fair, yeah. (laughs) The room is said to be most active when occupied for women by women. Ew, dude. They did say he wasn't like inappropriate. I love how they pointed this out. He's not inappropriate, but he—I mean, he likes. Then we don't have to murder him in the afterlife. It'll be no, 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 not at all. He's just mischievous. And our tour guide, who seems—I mean, he's a believer, but you know, he seems like us, kind of skeptical. Like you know, it's going to take a lot. In a sense, he was in the room. They do paranormal weekend, a a big paranormal conference there every year. And during that, they get to do ghost hunts in the hotel like all night. Like everybody stays up all night and does ghost hunts. And he was stationed in Michael's room for people to come in and try out their their tools and equipment. He said he he was standing there. Nothing had happened all night. And then finally, he looked over and the drawer in the dresser just suddenly pulled out all by itself. (laughs) And he's like, I saw it. I saw what? It So he vouched that the room is super haunted and no surprise a lot of people try to book that room when they stay at the Crest. Oh yeah, Hotel. no, that's
1: absolutely understandable. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, now another ghost is known as the Lady in the White, and this is the one I don't like. So it said that I mean, we know when it was a hospital that mm-hmm. if people died, they would move the patients from the annex to the morgue. Well, on the third floor, uh, oh, fun fact, the annex where they hid the patients away that weren't going to survive. Those are now the honeymoon suites.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Really? (laughs) Yes. What in the why? And our room was literally on the corner, like, right next to the annex, like, to find that out later. What in the why? Those are
1: the honeymoon suites. I don't, I don't. So, FYI, (laughs) if you're staying there. Just know what you're getting in for.
0: Exactly. So, on the third floor, coming from the the annex, people see a nurse dressed in a 1930s white uniform pushing a gurney down the hallway. Mm. And guests are usually woken up because they hear the squeaky wheels. And when they look out, that's what they see. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. I know. Mm -mm. I was so glad we were not on the third floor. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I'm not doing yeah. that. No. I'm not doing Absolutely a nurse pushing not. a body. Nope.
1: Absolutely nope. not.
0: So that is seen. And in 1978, Kansas City Housing Inspector named Ann Marie Taylor actually heard something when she was staying there, stepped outside of her room to see the nurse. And only to find out, yeah, others have seen her as well. I don't. Okay. On this one, I don't know about you, Caitlin. I feel like if this is anything, it's residual. Like, yeah. I think it could just be the same thing just happening over it's on a and loop. over. Yeah. I think it's on a loop. But still, I don't want to see that loop. Mm-mm. I don't want to be a part of that loop. Last Mm-mm. thing we need to
1: be is proven wrong where we're, like, we're looking out and she, like, turns and looks oh. at you while she's walking by. No! Like, I don't need Ooh. to discover if this is a loop or not. I'm very okay. That's staying in Arkansas. I love the Ozarks. It's gorgeous there. Hard pass, <laughs> hard pass, hard pass. Exactly. Oh, I was, when I
0: found out that I'm, like, I'm so glad I didn't book the third
1: floor. I think your dad might Thank have you. never forgiven you if you ended up on the third I, floor. I wouldn't have told
0: him. I wouldn't have told him till we were checking out like that. No. Given what uh, happens to him, he'd have been the one who saw her. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we're almost there. We are almost there. The other one, the other famous spirits is the girl in the mist. That's what they call her. And um, she dates back to when it was a college. And it is said that one of the students fell to her death from the very top oh. floor, which um, now is the balcony with the restaurant and bar, and that's kind of where it supposedly happened. Some say she jumped to her death due to a broken heart, which I feel like that's almost like every ghost story where somebody... My question is, did she,
1: like, lose her grip on the rope trying to haul her boyfriend up, and she fell off?
0: That seems more plausible. But some say she jumped. Now, these are all theories, and they'll even tell you the rest. They're all theories. Some think she may have been with child, and then her lover left her, so she... That is also standard. Yeah. Some even claim she was pushed by a family member because she was bringing shame to the family. I'm like, "Mm." so anyway, again, they'll tell you those are theories, but what people do experience is they see a girl on this balcony who appears to jump or appears to fall. And they say it's almost like a mist. Sometimes it's a mist coming down. Some actually think they see someone falling Only to realize no one's there at the bottom. But that's a really well known spirit that's often seen. And our tour guide actually showed us a picture. It was somebody was taking a picture inside the restaurant of one of the guys on their trip. He was taking a picture of the sky and behind them in the window you can clearly see like a woman. I mean, it's clear. It's not one of those you have to squint. It's like Oh, do they publish that him. on the website? Like, can we see no. the picture? Ah, oh, come seen. on. Yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe if somebody Google's them. I didn't Google them, but it seems like they don't share that. Like, I mean, I they and they, I so I don't know, but it was a clear picture. It was creepy. Now we're gonna get to one of my favorite spirits, and this is the one we I think had some experiences with, and it's a young boy named Brecky, which seems like an unusual name. His name was Clifford Breckenridge thompson but they called him brecky his mother's maiden name was breckenridge so that's why they put it in his name and he lived at the crescent hotel with his parents richard and mary thompson and brecky's father served as president of the crescent college and his mom taught classes there oh cool i know so he was like this little boy that said he was so loved all running around the college but tragically brecky passed away in 1918 due to complications from appendicitis um, and he passed away at the hotel and I did find his death certificate because on find a grave it had he passed away at Fort Smith but on his certificate it does say Eureka Springs so um,
1: I had yeah. appendicitis that is not a good way to go
0: no and especially back then when Poor they baby. can't really do anything so and sadly and it doesn't get better the Thompsons also their only other child was a daughter who died in childbirth mm. and the couple was unable to cope with the strain of losing their children and they yeah. actually divorced in 1920 but from this tragedy came something, if anything positive can come, his mother kind of made it made it her mission after that. She was committed to raise the status of childhood everywhere. She went on to become one of the nation's foremost pioneers in the development of American midwifery and the founder of the Frontier Nursing Service, which oh, brought wow. health care to rural areas of the nation. Um, they created nursing outposts for these rural areas, and they even featured nurses on horseback. To reach even the most remote families. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, it is. And today there's a hospital named in her honor. She was inducted into the American Nurse Association Hall of Fame and the National Women's Hall of Fame. And there was even a stamp issued in her honor in 1998. So from this horrible tragedy came something ama- that helped so many people. So I they didn't talk about that a lot on the tour. They mentioned it, but I'm like, no, we, yeah. we need to talk about that but yeah like it's
1: absolutely heartbreaking that you lost your children like that but to turn Mm -hmm. it into something so positive is very very admirable
0: yes it it really is and there's a lot on her on the internet if anybody wants to read up more there's a lot but um so Brecky is one of the spirits um and he's often seen on the second floor which is where we were staying um and he is seen dressed in knickers and appears in the middle of the night bouncing a ball They sometimes describe him as pouty and saying it's not fair. I'm not really sure.
1: Because dying from appendicitis sucks. It's not fair. I was saying that when I was in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, I I, I guess in my mind, I know they can, you know, move on like they're not stuck. But maybe that's it. Maybe that's just kind of replaying. And it's said that when children are around, he becomes more active. Hmm. So I didn't know any of this when we booked our room. We booked it on the second floor, mainly because we needed double beds. Yeah, And we were in our room. We were getting ready to go to the pool and we heard something outside our door. We're like, what is that? And I was just going to open the door and peek. Um, There was a ghost tour standing right in front of our door literally I opened the door the tour guide nearly fell into the room and they were all staring at me and I I just said um of course my dad's looking my mom's looking and I go is it our room (laughs) like I was just like because I didn't know what (laughs) she's like well it's the hallway but yes this is included and I'm like and so I'm like okay t- she goes do you want to hear what it is and I was like yes yeah, might as well I might as well and she told me about Brecky, and I was so relieved because I was like oh that's awesome and the door group looked at me like I was a crazy person I'm like <laughs> I, I'm a mama I can deal with a little boy we we can Valid. handle this and my son came out and um, he was standing there and she's like yeah he loves children and just instinctively, I go, oh, Thomas, it's a little friend. <laughs> like, I was just like, you <laughs> a buddy. I think the tour group thought I was a psychopath.
1: <laughs> and I'm just like.
0: No, that sounds know. like you. Oh, there's a little boy that wants to play. Tom, come on. Let's have fun. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Maybe it's the mama and me. I was like, oh, that's awesome. We can- That's so sweet. <laughs> like, Yeah, not everyone has
1: an experience with creepy ghost children. I think it's uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> it's I think it's Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories if anyone listens to that pod then we know very well that she would drop kick the co- child down the stairs
0: <laughs> well some I would like if it was a creepy one but this is yeah. like just a cute little boy. He's I'm like, we're fine. He's playing with his ball. He's
1: bored. He's annoyed. He died from appendicitis. It's fine. Yeah.
0: So no, I would, I think I was just so relieved it wasn't a creepy nurse or doctor or something. I'm like, right? Oh.
1: Given the alternative floors, you yes. definitely got the good one.
0: Yes. I'm like, we can do this. We we can hang we out can deal with the kid. Hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was like very. And so um. And then after that, I will say that um. About four other ghost tours stopped at our door. At one point, we couldn't get back to our hotel because the ghost (laughs) tour was in front of our room. I'm like, okay. Well, our room is haunted, (laughs) like, clearly.
1: Yeah, you didn't give us a a
0: lot of spoilers, but I remember you
1: sharing that with us. And I still maintain that you should have looked to the empty space next to you and been like, she needs
0: to get through. Can we get by? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I took a picture of one of the ghost tours, so I'll, I'll, we'll include it in the on social media. Uh-huh. <laughs> stuff. So that was Brecky. The other ghost was, or, there's a bunch, but one of the other ones was Theodora. She, uh, They believe she worked at the hospital. They're not exactly sure who she is, but they believe she was a nurse. Her room is 419, and she's often seen in this room in the hallway outside. She usually appears as a full-body apparition who... And it looks like she's having trouble getting into her room, like finding her key. And when people approach her to help her, she just disappears in front of them. Um, It's also said that Theodore is very neat and organized and will often tidy up the rooms. And she's even been known to pack people's bags. (laughs) If she's not happy, she'll just pack up your bags for you. Um, But you can stay in her room and there's even a picture of her like above. Or what they think she looks like. It's, it's kind of what they imagine from descriptions. There's a picture of her. Aww. And it's, of course, it's another one that's considered the, the most haunted. I will tell you, I am spoiler alert, I didn't get a lot of feelings like I thought I would. Except for around her room. And it felt uncomfortable. Really? I'm not going to lie. I, that was the only place I was like, ugh. It just felt really heavy. Like, it felt like, okay, I feel something here. I'm not sure what, but it felt very heavy in that area. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the person you would think you would see all over the hotel, Dr. Baker, Yeah, not much. He's very rarely seen. It's only on occasions. They said they just kind of witness him on the staircase. Sometimes they say he even looks confused, but he's very rarely seen in the hotel. So that's,
1: hmm.
0: which is good. We don't need him there. He needs to go away. I'm wondering why he's confused.
1: Part of me is like, I wonder if he was trapped there, and I'm kind of here for that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just what but they said. That he just if he's not seen here. very often, that's probably not true. Maybe it's cuz all his purple paint is gone. <laughs> right? <laughs> I remember painting this. Why is it green? Exactly.
0: <laughs> Where did my purple paint go?
1: Oh, I know. I was I was kind of relieved to hear they don't hardly see him very much. No, it's good. To sp- I'm I'm actually really glad like it's terrible that the fire happened, but it's good that they fixed the electrical and they gutted his office before yeah.
0: the new owners lived there yes that's probably for the best not gonna lie i think so too i think so too so those are kind of the main ghosts they also believe they see a man named dr john fremont ellis who was a hotel's in-house doctor during the late 19th century and they say you often smell his cherry pipe tobacco Ooh, near his office which is now i know it smells so good which is around uh, room 212 they also say i don't rem- forgive me our tour guide may have covered this and i just was trying to take it all in i don't remember them talking about this but this also said there's a little girl who is seen around the hotel um said she fell from the top floor of the stairs but i don't remember that story but but he may have told it but a little girl seen around the hotel and of course a lot of people are scared of the annex i wonder why yeah huh and um, they con- some even consider it like a portal, and it said some guests feel really faint or sick when they're kind of in that area. We were staying on the corner that went into the annex, so, I mean, we were just kind of in ghost central and didn't even yeah. know it. But I saved my favorite ghost for last, because you're going to love this, and that is Morris, the Crescent Hotel's cat. Yay! I know, he was an orange. I actually love how they describe him as a marmalade tabby cat Ooh, my favorite i know i knew it was and he lived there from 1977 to 1994 and he was a stray that kind of it says he they said in the book he managed to convince uh several people that to, to adopt him basically like they took him in Love and it. he eventually i know he eventually became the crescent hotel cat and was known as the honorary general manager of the hotel oh my god he, yay i know he even had his own little staircase and his little um the little pet uh, door and it said exit above it <laughs> like he had his own way g- it's adorable i took a picture we can okay, share good. yay but he finally died in 1994 of old age and it was said he was having some complications from heart problems and his his vet made house visits he came to the hotel to Aww. take care of him i mean this cat was beloved yeah. he is buried in the back garden you can see his grave he has a little <sighs> tombstone and they said they made a custom rosewood coffin for him. And 50 people assembled for his funeral and burial. So, I mean, this cat, I don't know of a cat oh that's had, goodness. like, a better life <laughs> than Morris. And there's a framed picture of him in the lobby so to see him. Aww. And it's said that people still feel his presence. Visitors and staff often feel something brushed past their legs to discover nothing's there. And people see him going in and out of walls and around the hotel as well. And today there is a new sweet hotel cat named Jasper. So if you go to the hotel, hey. you can see the new one named Jasper as well. Yay. So those are some of the more famous ghosts. And I've told so just a few more of our experiences, because I've told I've already let you in, in on a few. So like I said, we booked on the second floor. So we had Brecky. I will say what's interesting, because now I've taken my parents to the Myrtles. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they they like they they liked it, and um, my dad even commented, "It's beautiful." He didn't mind it. He did. My dad hated the crescent, and this is nothing. Let me preface this: it's nothing against the crescent or the hotel itself. It's the energy. Like he was freaked out the entire time. Ooh, poor dad. Like that's that's what I mean by hating it. He just he he. There was something about it that just unnerved him. Like as soon as we got to this hotel, he was like, "I don't like it." I don't like it. And I mean, it is. I think it's beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful. I'm not even going to say I think it is. It's gorgeous. You, I sent you pictures of it. Yes, it's
1: amazing. It's
0: amazing. It does have a little Haunted Mansion vibes. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Like parts of you kind of feel like you're in the Haunted Mansion. But it's yeah. gorgeous. And, it's, and the views are stunning. Yeah, the energy weirded him out from the get-go. It also didn't help we went down to the pool, which the pool was beautiful. And we enjoyed it. But as, there's, as my dad and son are swimming in the pool, they start playing Near My God to Thee. Or is, is that what it is? Whatever they played on the Titanic before it was, it was sinking.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So that kind of didn't help set the mood. Like that was <laughs> just the music they were
1: playing at the pool?
0: Yeah, at the pool as they were swimming. What? That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, you know, that didn't help him. No. <laughs> so like, he's like, what is playing? I'm like, oh, a hymn. Like, uh, ignore it. Don't think about it. It's fine. We went. Yeah. To, we got to eat in the dining room, um, which was the big ballroom. And um, we. it was only us and like one other couple in this huge <laughs> room with this <laughs> piano player. And the whole time he's like, this is The Shining. We are in The Shining. This is The Shining <laughs> right now. <laughs> and I will say we were there on a Monday, which I loved because it was quiet. But mm-hmm. it was also really quiet because all the weekend traffic had left. <laughs> so it was pretty. There were people there, but not yeah. many. And so, yeah, he just felt like he was in The Shining. He was waiting for, like, the twins to, like, come around the corner um. the whole time we were there. Um, but So he did not go on the ghost tour. Me and my mom went on the 10 o'clock. It was the expert and Ex- expanded ghost tour. And I would say if you can take that one, do it because it's, like, two hours long and you get a lot of, wow. like, extra stuff. It was really good. Um, but here's the funny part. So here's his experience. So we're on the ghost tour and I'm sitting here, like, do I feel anything and what's happening? So an hour after we left for the tour, the door to our hotel room opened up all the way by itself, hit the bed, I mean, these are smaller rooms, they're historic rooms, and woke my dad up. And at first he sat up, and he just thought we were back from the tour, and he looked around and he didn't see us, so we got up and looked in the hallway, and there was nobody around.
1: And this is why your dad was uncomfortable.
0: Exactly. And that would have been oh. around 11 o'clock at night. Door just opens all by itself, all the way. So, Awkward. um, that did not help <laughs> his feelings on the hotel. No. At all. But I will say the ghost tour was amazing. They take you all through the hotel. We got to go down into what was the temporary morgue when it was Ooh. a hospital and the autopsy room. Ew. I was a little bummed because, oh, shout out to Casey because she listens like every week. But when Casey went, they would actually shut the door on you in the morgue. Like you could go in there and they would shut the door and you could feel the energy. I wanted that so bad, but they didn't do it. It was more of just a photo op. Like, here,
1: I'll take a picture inside.
0: I know. My husband thinks I'm crazy. I was like, they could turn off the lights, shut the door. I would love to just like, I just want to sit in it, feel it. But I'm probably the only psycho that would want to do that so
1: i mean wait do you forget who your co-host is
0: well that's right you would do it with me you would absolutely all we would be all about it i'd but, regret um... it
1: later but i'd absolutely do
0: it well that's a good point um i i i texted caitlin and our lovely spirit guide uh Bri, that i discovered my toxic trait on this trip i want to go stay at haunted hotels but i don't want to spend the night at them yeah that is my toxic trait Because as the sun started going down, I, again, just like the Myrtles, regretted my life choices that had led me to spend the night at the
1: Crescent Hotel. Get a good night's sleep the night before, caffeinate like nobody's business all day, don't sleep, and spend the night, quote, at a haunted hotel. Don't, no, lying down trying to go to sleep in that space?
0: No. no. I'm a complete chicken. I am a chicken. Mm -hmm. I'm good until we have to go to sleep, and then I am terrified. So, but but the tour was great. The morgue was super cool. We didn't let our son go on this one only because they were talking about a morgue and that I didn't really want to answer those questions just yet. This one was a little... Isn't that what I'm for? Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. So um, me and my little boy did do our own little ghost tour the next day and I took him, except for to the morgue, I took him to all the haunted places and we we looked for ghosts. So we, we still got to do a ghost tour. And to end the story... And why I said, be careful what you say is because I just, because, you know, we talk to those in spirit and we mm-hmm. just, and so I just said to little Brecky, I was like, if you want to hang out with us, that is cool. Like when we were at the hotel, I'm like, just don't wake up my son. Just don't scare him. Yeah. But come around, hang out with us. And we, when we were leaving, my son said, can Brecky go with us to the next hotel? And I was like, sure. Why not? Come on, Brecky. <laughs> now i know everybody has different theories this is mm-hmm. my personal theory i don't think spirits are stuck i don't think they're stuck where they die Same. i think they can go wherever they want they're he's not trapped there so i mean in theory he could go anywhere he wanted to but i wasn't thinking i was like yeah sure he can come with us We're join the family in- vacation come on join it. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Well, I will say, when we got to our next hotel in Branson, we did have some weird things happen. Like the TV was acting up and being weird. We would lose, like, my dad lost something and we tore the room apart, looked in the car, and we went to leave. It was sitting, like, right out on a table in front of everybody. He was helpful (laughs) or he hit it. Uh, One of the two. So we just started making jokes, like, did Brecky follow us home or follow us, you know? And then the last thing, we got home after the trip and I was still spending a couple of days with my parents and my son's two little cousins, one who actually, he may be four. I'm trying to think. He may be four actually right now. I should know that. But but anyway, they were spending the night and um, my mom said she woke up. She had a horrible headache. So she wasn't really. She woke up. She got up and was laying back down trying to go to sleep. And suddenly she heard a little boy talk in her ear. And talking. And so she opened her eyes because she thought it was one of my son's cousins. And she opened her eyes. She's like, where, where did you go? And she's like, maybe he got up to go to the restroom. So she went and looked, didn't find him. And then she's like, where is he? And she went in the other room and he was sound asleep. So, and all the boys were. So who Ooh. was the little boy talking to her?
1: thought it was one of your grandbabies no. and it might not have been. So that's why I say
0: be careful if you say Michael come see us. But you know what? Um maybe he was just pop there's a lot of little boys to play with. Maybe he was like, okay, cool, I'll come play. I'll come hang out. Absolutely. And to be fair, my official stance is we all constantly
1: hear about how ghosts create cold spaces. Yeah. And A, I wanna know why they don't do that more in Texas. <laughs> or B, they're doing it and it's just not healthy I know. enough.
0: It's just too hot. It's too hot. So I don't know. Oh, it is oppressive heat,
1: but yeah. So did he follow you all the way home or just to your parents' house? I don't know. House? I
0: haven't. Knock on wood. Now, I'm a, now something's going to happen. Knock. Okay. Look at me like I'm ta- I'm like looking around, like I'm looking, checking. I don't know. Nothing's really happened. But he's probably back at the Crescent. Heck, he can be here and be at the Crescent. We don't know how it works. <laughs> we don't know. But uh, it was weird. It was weird to have some stuff happen, like, after we left. I mean, while I was there, you randomly found the dog's harness. <gasps> oh, that's right. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me about that. Yes, we my, my my poor puppy, His her little leg was hurt. And we were trying to find her brace. You're right. And we couldn't find it anywhere. And I had been in and out of my bedroom and we knew, I know, and, and I walked in, and it was just, like, in the middle of the floor. Yeah. Hadn't you, like, vacuumed it while you were yes. looking
1: or something? Like, the the room had been cleaned.
0: Well, we we had vacuumed it, like, two days before, and as you know, we lost power, so we weren't even staying there. Like, we had just gotten back. Yeah. And I had been walking in and out of that room, and this brace we haven't seen for a year because she hasn't needed it. And it was just, like, right there in the middle of the floor. And it was like, okay. I was just. In I still here. think he's trying to. be I think helpful. so too. I took it as being helpful. that was helpful, like I, I, I it's a little weird because it's like, I know this wasn't here. I took it as being very helpful and like, thank you, thank you for getting that for us. So I, I thank you for reminding me. So I don't know. I would highly recommend staying at the Crescent Hotel. I want to go back for the paranormal weekend. Yeah, so badly. I, it's. It, it, I thought it was absolutely amazing. My mom thought it was beautiful, but. Um, it is creepy i'm not gonna... if you love the haunted mansion you also love the crescent hotel I like. <laughs> um, but it really is pretty it, it i say that jokingly it's not that i mean it's it's beautiful and spooky all at the same time but i don't my dad has requested that next family vacation we are not staying somewhere haunted he has put that request out there next family vacation he can pick the hotels yeah but if we go somewhere close to one I mean, how can we not? <laughs> then you can steer into your toxic trait and you can go on the ghost tour there you go. and stay someplace else. There results. you go. That's it. That's it. Perfect. That's what we're going to do. Solution that lets you sleep and keeps your dad from disillusioning you. <laughs> I know. He you. kept threatening to go to one of the little hotels in Eureka <laughs> Springs. He's like, I really mm. just need to go stay at one of those. I'm like, it'll be fine. Oh, poor baby. But after we left is when I played him. Um, shout out to Haunted road podcast that's one of my favorites they did the crescent I'm like so I'll play this for you now (laughs) let you hear all about it (laughs) we've left it's fine you're fine
1: (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile he's the one who had the door open on him while he was dozing
0: I don't think he thinks it's fine (laughs) opened all the way up not even like slightly ajar like Mm -hmm. hit the bed to wake him up I think Bricky was just coming in he's just coming in to chill Hello. it could be worse it could be the nurse that's all I gotta say it could be the nurse.
1: Yo, and how? Yeah, that, that, that 100%. Yes.
0: So there you go. If anybody has stayed at the Crescent, Casey, I'm talking to you again. I know you've been there. But if anybody else, like, has stories or anything they want to share, I would love to hear about, like, other people's experiences and what they've had happen. I mean, if anyone has any contacts with the Crescent and they want to bring us out yes. to be featured
1: for Paranormal oh. Weekend, we are also down for yes.
0: that. Yes. Oh, and um, it's not set up yet, so I don't want to say it just yet. But I met an amazing couple that was on the ghost tour, and um, they have a place that they own that is haunted. And they said Ooh. they would love to talk to us about it. So I know. Yay. And um I also got the information for a paranormal investigator that's in the area. So I think it'd be really that's investigated the crescent, so there may be another. We may just have to do like haunted, like Arkansas, or the Ozarks, haunted Ozarks. That would be a cool episode. Okay, first
1: of all, that would be an amazing yes. episode or twelve. Yes. Um And also I think I think we may have to start taking haunted podcast Ooh. vacations every year to different places. I think
0: so, too. I think my dad would be relieved if he does, if he's not going. <laughs> I think he would fully support that. <laughs> it's like, this is what your friendship with Caitlin is for. Come on. So, verdict is in. He would go back to the Myrtles. He would not go back to the Crescent Hotel. So, Louisiana's good. Arkansas's yeah, all bad. at gotcha. least for him. Me and my mom were like, we think it's beautiful. <laughs> like... I know. Shout out to my mom for being a good sport and going on a 10 p.m. ghost tour with me. Absolutely. Your mom. She fantastic. Is. She is. So anyway, and once again, that book, if I want to give another shout out, if anyone wants to learn more about the Crescent, it's called The Crescent Hotel with Ghost Stories by Susan Schaefer. So it's a great read and gives you all kinds of information.
1: Absolutely. And if you all liked this episode or you have input, like just said, like, let us know what your experiences were. Um, while you're, of course, you know, appeasing the podcast gods by leaving us the rating and review we ask for every week. And while you're there, again, if you haven't hit subscribe, it is free, it costs you nothing, and you know when we release new episodes.
0: Absolutely. And, I mean, you just said it. We want to hear from you. We want your stories. We want topics. We want what you're interested in. So let us know. You can always find us on Instagram or Facebook. We're really active on Instagram. We've got. We've been talking yeah. to people. On we're that. good. At, we're good at Instagram for sure. <laughs> Our Facebook, yeah. at, and we're at Calling All Spirits Pod. Or you can always email us at calling all pod at callingallspiritspod@gmail.com.
1: And if you're feeling lucky, you can see if Brecky <laughs> can pass a message on to Jess via the random stuff that is hiding in her house that he can find for her. I kind
0: of love that. I need to clean out closets. Maybe he can pull out the stuff we need to get rid of. Help me organize. Maybe Brecky <laughs> can help me purge and organize. <laughs>
1: I don't know. You might need that nurse to come out and help because she don't was good at packing dare. people don't up. You Not dare. the one with the gurney. The other uh, one. Not no. the one with the gurney. The other one. The one that would organize no, she's
0: things. His room felt creepy. I didn't like that vibe. I don't want her. Don't don't right. put that on me,
1: Caitlin. <laughs> well, do you do, do you trust a small child to help you organize? I'd
0: rather have him than creepy nurse. <laughs>
1: how about he keeps you company and does the body doubling thing while you work on yeah. it because otherwise you might end up with 17 toys you didn't realize were missing from the neighbor's house and you won't be able to find half your clothes oh,
0: this is true okay okay i'll do it on my own but not the nurse if the nurse comes <laughs> to me i'm sending her to you i'm gonna be like i have a friend that would love to meet you Boop. like we can do that we can't even do that but i would try i would encourage i would persuade
1: if the nurse comes here she can attack the dishes in my kitchen <laughs> there you go
0: There you go. Well, we will let you know. And until next time, bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.